Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the EO Boys podcast. And today I'm joined by a longtime friend, buddy, uh, Nico Gritz. Nico, what's up, brother? Oh, just living the dream out here in Hermerson. The old good old EO. Yes, sir. Staying out of trouble? For the most part. Yeah, I know you tend to be a hellraiser. Uh, how'd you do during the Farm City Pro Rodeo? Um, you stay out of trouble or you get yourself into trouble? <laughs> I was actually, I, I I didn't go to the rodeo. I was actually at a, a Bible camp in the mountains in Idaho. You're so weekend. full of shit. Are you serious? Yeah, I swear to God. Me and my oh. uncle went up my, wow. with my church. Okay, nice. How'd that go? It was awesome. Was it? Shot our bows for a little while. They have a, they had a, an archery range there at Dorshack Reservoir. There's a, a group camp. They had a pretty good little range every day. So we got to shoot our bows and fish a little bad. Nice. That's good stuff. Well, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a background on how Nike and I met, and it was back in shit what year was that back in like 2009 or 10 11 somewhere in there yeah mm, probably it was a long time ago my sophomore yeah, yeah so we 2012 i think we met by playing baseball in hermiston over summer league and yeah, that's well, there ain't a whole lot to the story. We just we started playing baseball together and we played a couple summers together there during summer league. Nichol would pitch, I'd catch. I mean, well, he played damn near everywhere. He was utility player, first, second, third, pitch, caught, outfield, fucking damn near did it all. Raked like a motherfucker. Could hit the ball like crazy. It was all right. <laughs> did had your fair share of good, pretty good home runs. I'm, I'm, do you remember that time when we were playing and Kucher he hit that ball off of the off of the light pole there in Hermiston uh, left center and left center he directly hit that light pole no I do I'm just helping coach us and I uh I couldn't throw a strike to save my life and I got pulled and then they put me at shortstop and I was pissed off. So I went out to the shore and I grabbed a rock while other pitchers warming up and I pick up this rock and I throw it as hard as I can in the outfield and it hits up in a telephone pole or one of the light poles, like halfway up the light pole hits perfect. And Simmons is laughing at me. He goes, you can't even throw a strike, but you can hit a light pole at 200 yards. (laughs) From the, from the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was in the dugout. Oh, wait, J- Justin Simmons was coaching you? Yeah. He coached. But... Okay, I, I think I lost you there for a second. What was that? Yeah, he coaches my uh, sophomore year. Oh, okay. Nice. Varsity, help coach. Nice, nice. So you, you go back a long ways with Justin then, huh? Oh yeah, especially because what isn't? Didn't you say your uncle is one of his best friends? Yeah, 
Yeah, him and Judd are really close. They uh, they're actually neighbors. Oh no shit! Oh yeah, so that I mean that's very close. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah. That. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, give give the people a little bit of backstory. I know. I mean, you've how long have you been hunting? How'd you get started? All that good stuff. I've been hunting for as long as I can know. I remember having my dad, my mom, my uncles take me out when I was younger. I was always excited when I was getting babysat for my by my grandma and grandpa when my mom or dad would come home and I'd get to go out back of the truck and see what they got. But yeah, I think I've been hunting for I don't know, probably I shot my first deer when I was like nine. I remember that on my dad's lap at the window. <laughs> Out of the window of the pickup? <laughs> but yeah, we're road hunting. Yeah, road hunting fools. <laughs> it was like, it was a doe tag. It was a doe tag. It was actually funny because my, my mom, it was my mom's tag and she, we were going out to help. And she was helping me gut it. And it was a small deer, a little white tail at Meacham. And we've turned this deer over to start cutting on it. And she goes, um, those are nuts. She goes, that's, this is not a doe. And you couldn't see no horns. Oh, it was just a little button buck white tail. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I actually still have it. Oh, my fuck. first buck. That's <laughs> gnarly, gnarly bases on it. It was about three quarter inch tall with hair on them still oh jesus yeah you couldn't even tell it was a buck but yeah but i got started hunting got started hunting pretty early and fell in love everything bird hunting predator hunting big game it's been one of my favorite things to do do you think you would say you learned most of everything you know from like your dad and your mom taking you out at such a young age or Obviously, you've learned things on your own, but as well as far as like getting started, do you think they taught you quite a bit? Um, yeah, pretty much my whole family's been pretty good, like all around both sides, both the grandpas, my uncles. I've learned a lot. My my mom and dad have helped me a lot. I mean, I've had a pretty good background with hunting. Yeah, everyone in my family pretty much hunts. From the stories you've told me, your mom is even a fucking killing fool. Yeah, I think in the last when she was hunting, she was I think like last eight years or whatever. She's only used three bullets or eight bullets. Fuck a one and done. Yeah, she don't take very many. Actually, funny story. I don't know how to turn the camera around. So that buck right there on the wall, I missed that at broadside, like 250 yards. And my mom shot it like five minutes after me, smoked it when I was running away. Texas Heart shot it. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was only like, I was like 13, but that's still not an excuse. To miss. Yeah, no so, shit. Good shot. That's funny. Did you, did she give you a hard time about it afterwards? Yeah, but I think I shot a dink forking horn at the end of the last of the season because I missed a nice four point. I had first shot, and I messed that up. 
that's a that's a nice buck too what is it what is it like a 160 150 160 somewhere in there i don't know it's not real wide but it's got good forks yeah it's got pretty deep forks on it nice mainframe i bet it's probably 155 160 around there yeah fuck you yeah you fucked that one up big time it's all right (laughs) shit well you said uh you guided up in idaho how'd that yeah up out of Porfino, Idaho, for Clearwater Outfitters. That went awesome. What all did you guys guide? I started out in Spring Bear, and I was going to guide everything throughout the whole season. But then I ended up getting hurt on the job. But we we had bears everywhere. It was unreal. Like, I think that we had like nine baits and I, I'm pretty sure there was over 80 bears on each bait on camera. It's Good unreal. Story. There's bears everywhere there. And then Idaho, they let you, you get two, it's not a draw either. It's you buy your two spring bears and then you get to buy two fall bears too. So that there's obviously a good a amount of bears if you, get, if you get four a year. No shit. Well, I mean, it's kind of nice how Oregon, they just went to a, well, last year they went to a two tag in the fall. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, that's kind of nice. But Idaho, it's it's unreal, but I mean, steep, steep country. It's, it's pretty thick. I mean, there's if you don't got, you got to have rain gear to go in on anything pretty much because when you're tracking bear, I mean, it's, the brush is, neck high and when you're walking through you're just getting soaked if you don't got rain gear it gets and, heavy and and when you say neck high that's fucking over my head how tall are you six two six three six three six, six four three. around there yeah so that's tall brush it's well over oh, my yeah. head <laughs> it's it's really tall really thick and when you look down or when you step off the road you're you're looking straight down you it's steep steep so did you guys set up tree stands and stuff like that, or were you just on the hillside? We only had uh, one ground blind, whatever. Everything else was a stance. Okay. And we had, like, the stands we had were two-man stands, so two people could sit in them. A guide Which was nice, because there was kids that would guide, and we didn't want to leave a kid out in the woods by himself yeah. all day. But, yeah, it wasn't. It was pretty easy. I mean, you just stay quiet and the bear's going to come in. We'd, we'd put them in good spots. But I think while I was there, we had, we killed like 38 bears. Good it Lord. Was, and it was a, it's a over 100% success rate. So once you punch your first tag, everyone punched their, their tag number one. And then that's 100% success rate. And then once you get a second bear, that just get you go over the hundred percent. So it was, and they've had a a hundred percent success rate or over for years now. Oh shit! No one okay. gets skunked. Damn. So is this private property? Or is this public? No, it's all public. It's it's uh, but the guide outfit—they're the only only outfit that gets to to guide on it. I think it's—I don't know what the square mileage is but there it's a pretty big chunk of land that okay. only that got one outfit gets to, to guide on 
So like if we, you and I wanted to go to that spot, we could, or is it only allowed oh, yeah. to have the guided people or the outfitter? No, it's, it's, it's open to public. We had okay. other hunters all in there. I actually helped track a bear for a guy that he just, that wasn't one of our hunters. He, he literally just had cataracts and he was, we stopped and see him on the road. He goes, Hey, uh, he goes, yeah, I shot him. I said, you have any luck? He goes, well, I shot one this morning. But I couldn't find an arrow. And I just had cataract surgery, and I don't see real good. I said, well, <laughs> that's not not really one of them things you want to just go out tracking after bear if you can't see real well. Yeah, no shit. And I literally went out, and my boss told me, he goes, man, you're not going to find that bear. If he can't see him, bears are one of the hardest animals to track. I said, all right, well, I'm still going to go look and help this guy out. And I look, and literally, I said, so where, where do you think he was when he shot? I found his arrow within the first five minutes. So obviously, he couldn't see very good at all. Yeah, no, he blind as fuck. <laughs> it was snapped. His arrow was snapped off for about four inches. It was only about four inches penetration, I bet. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. Where'd you hit him? And he goes, well, I shot straight down on top of him, so I got along. I said, well. That's all I can hope for. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to, I don't see any blood. So I'm going to, I'm going to go down and try and follow his foot tracks, whatever. I can see stuff, logs turned over and dirt. I'm looking for scanning for about an hour. And I said, I called a guy over and said, man, I said, did you see which way you ran down here through this little gash? There's kind of an opening where you can see. He goes, no, but I'm pretty sure I could hear him that way. I said, all right. And I look up and I said, Is that, did that log just move? And I look and it wasn't a log. I said, oh, that's the bear. And the <laughs> bear was just slowly creeping down below us, probably 200 yards. And there's a logging road below the bear. And then after that, it's just straight downhill. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to go cut him off. I'm going to get in front of him so he don't go past that logging road. And I'll try and flush him back up to you. You just go right down. And all we had is pistols. Oh, shit. And I said, you just walk straight after this bear. And I said, he ain't moving too good. So obviously he's hit good. So just walk down there and shoot him. So he, I get down on the road to cut off. He doesn't go past me. And all I, I just start hearing gunshots, gunshots. And this guy's, he goes, help, help, help. And I'm like running at this point. I don't <laughs> know what the hell is going on. Usually when someone's saying help and there's a bear involved i'm like yeah, oh my god fucking mauled getting, or something <laughs> he's getting mauled so i get up there and the bear's like laying on his back whatever at that point and i put two in him and i he goes, i said why'd you quit shooting he goes i don't know he started to move towards me i said i would have emptied my clip <laughs> he goes, oh no he was worried he, then we get the bear all taken care of whatever drag it down to the road and he's got no idea how to skin it keep it out no idea to quarter out. He was going to try and gut this bear. I said, I said, man, you don't got to gut these. I said, all, you got, all I would do is cut the back straps out and, and quarter them up if you, if you want any meat. So I get it all taken care of for him. And he ended up tipping me like 200 bucks and it wasn't even one of our hunters. So that was nice. Oh, shit. Went, oh, back yeah. to, went back to camp and told my boss, I said, well, tell the bear. He goes, no, you didn't. Like, I showed him the $200. I said, well, hey, tip me since I found it. I took video of the bear. <laughs> pictures of it he was like no way said, yeah. yeah so that's what that's why i make bucks but yeah that was that story and 
what else was there? We had a few bears that went over seven foot. That was that was pretty awesome to be a what part is that, like of. Four hundred pound bear. Three hundred oh, plus, sure seven every... foot. Well, it's spring. They're just getting out of hibernation, so they're pretty skinny. But I bet they're four easy. And yeah, we shot two bears. One was seventeen. One were squaring bears. They're squared out, so it's nose to tail and paw to paw, and then you divide those two by two numbers by two, and that's how they. What's that's what they say when you square a bear out. Not just some people just do nose to tail. Huh. Well, when you get the square number, we got like a seven six, and a seven two was what we got. That's a that's a pretty big. And that ain't a small bear. No, that's a yeah. big bear, man. You should. I I could have laid down on the bear and stretch all the way out of my arms. And I'm not a small dude. And it was still would have been bigger than me from nose from my feet. It was huge. I got pictures of it, but unreal. So what, what kind of bait do you guys use or did you use? So we were using fry oil from like a gas restaurant or, or gas stations and stuff for like yeah. fried food. Our boss would go in and he'd, get take all the excess of there's like four or five around Orfino and small towns like Pierce and we had they grab them and they grab get a stock trailer and take it down to like their friend's bakery and he would buy up all of the they'd have like pat dude past date breads and stuff and and scones and donuts and all that stuff and in a rack would be twenty dollars a rack for all that. So he'd buy a whole horse trailer full of all these breads. So there, it'd really only be like 400 bucks the most for all these breads. And that lasts us for a while in the fry oil. And we put, we have like five gallon buckets and we'd mix up after we'd bait every morning, come back and mix it up for the next day and let that, all that fry oil soak into the breads and stuff. And we'd pour, I mean, probably about a quarter full into them five-gallon buckets every day and consistently bait and piss all over in there. And make sure you get your scent in there as those bears are used to you. Do you piss in there? Oh, yeah. They, that's what my boss told me. He goes, make sure you're not in the bait, but he goes, piss next to it. That way they're used to your scent and everything oh. so they're not running off and being scared. Because I was in there every single day. Yeah. Or, or leave Every, like a, a sweaty t-shirt or something on there <laughs> well no not that but they uh just get used to your smell and then sometimes like on a, a newer bait that we're just turning into a bait we'd we'd take towels and dip them in the fire on buckets of fry oil and just smack trees so it gets all the towel is just coated with them and then we'd get anise oil and that was the big hit with like on a hunt day where we we had a guy on stand we'd put in the anise oil rags and we'd tie them up and soak these these little rags in anise oil and i mean all that smells like black bears a little bit what's it uh, what's it smell like we i don't know the the anise was too much it what? It's pretty stout. Black licorice. Oh, black licorice. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you yeah. were cutting out. But yeah, it was that was good. What else did we use? 
like even some days where there's leftover foods or whatever from like dinners and stuff like that that we were going to throw out we'd just throw in the bear bucket get rid of it that way that way we wouldn't have bears coming into camp yeah so just basically like we actually had a bear Oh, yeah. But there was bears at the very bottom of this canyon, whatever, like 12 miles from our camp. And there had been a bow hunter in there, and he was the only one able to get to this bait because most of our hunters were older men. And it was just a really rough bait to get to. And I thought it was our, our best bait. That's where all the big bears had been. And this guy was bow hunting, and this bear would come in too late at night. And he didn't have enough light to see his, his sights. So I told him, I said, hey, man, just take this rifle. I, I gave him one of my rifles. to take this rifle. So I did it at 100 yards. Uh, it's going to pull in a lot more light towards the end of the night. You're gonna, you'll are gonna shoot this bear. He goes, oh, all right. And sure enough, the next day, whatever, but he he was thought he was a know-it-all and he tried to blame me because why he wounded this bear. Rule number one, we tell everyone, every hunter, do not shoot the bear until it gets in the bait. Don't shoot as it's walking in. Don't shoot as it, wait till it gets comfortable. You wait. And then another thing we say is wait for its front foot or some shoulder to go forward. That way you can drive it through its back shoulder. Well, he shoots the bear at 35 yards walking into the bait. If you would have waited, the bait was at 80 yards for him. And it would have been perfect. Shot the bear at 30 yards walking. Then it didn't stop. He got too excited. And then he blamed the shot on my gun, saying, it was your gun's not sighted in. Well, he obviously didn't understand line of sight and line of bore. And he said, it started in 100, I said, it started in 100 yards. 30 yards, where do you think it's going to hit? He said, it should hit dead on. I said, well, that's not how it works. And I tracked that bear all night, told him to go back to the camp. I brought a dog with down. Tracked this, this bear till like 1 in the morning. And I just, I was starting to give up. and I couldn't see nothing. And then I'm walking back. I knew, I, I hadn't heard from anyone. I hadn't heard a four-wheeler or nothing coming Yeah, so I was just going to walk just overnight there. And I get walking down the trail, and I see eyes in the trail. I'm like, oh, shit, this bear is right here in the trail. I, I spooked it, so I pull out a pistol. The dog starts running after it, and I see this thing t- turn around, and I can see the tail up in the air. And it was a cougar. A cougar had been stalking me by myself in the middle. No, no one's even close around me. No one knows where I'm at. And the dog took off towards the cougar. And I could hear him kind of, them two fussing around. And I'm finally calling the dog off. I said, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. And I'm running towards it with my pistol. And I couldn't see the cat after that. But then I'm monkeying around with her. And all, all she didn't really have any scratches on her or nothing, but it had a hold of her. And it had it right by the collar. And there's a tooth mark in her collar, you can see. Holy Plain shit. as day. So the collar saved her and she saved me. I was pretty grateful for little mm-hmm. Vegas dogs. What kind of dog was it? 
I'm pretty sure she just was a, it's a weird, she's a mutt, that's for sure. But I think she had border collie in her and something else. The cow okay. dog, it was, but she liked to get after the bears. That she'd run them down? <laughs> oh, they'd be out running around chasing moose. We had moose in camp and we had salt lake in camp. We had a moose in there every single day and they had Wait, little dogs up there. We didn't have, I didn't never seen a bull moose in camp, but there was damn sure four or five females with babies. And, and that was one thing we got, I got told not to. I, I, I'm from Oregon. I, I hadn't seen a moose. So, and it was like a normal thing up there every single day. The moose were going to be in there all day long. They'd lay down, just sit right there in camp all day. We'd be mucking around. They wouldn't care. And at night, I'd go to the, the shitter and my boss says, Hey, make sure or not you got your flashlight, you know where the babies are. Cause if you get in between one of the mamas and its babies, uh, most is gonna stomp you out. And one night I I I got pretty close here coming after me, so I just got hit right behind the trailer. It was pretty scary, but it was funny at the same time. <laughs> <sighs> How old were you when you were up there? Mm. 20 20 years old okay well so was it like when you were because i know i know you went to, to school and you played ball was it like after you got done playing ball no well it was in between my two times i played okay like the so state i where went you had a, a gap in between them yeah i had a gap in between so it was literally year after or whatever yeah right in between because i started playing again when i was 21 so like the next year basically but yeah it was in between them and then i was gonna go back up and guide some more because it's my one of my buddies dads had owned the outfit and but then he just got tired of it because he's a backwoods sheriff and he's a narc cop in idaho and he had a lot on his plate. He's building a log home by himself, building all the logs, doing everything by himself. He's he's woodsy. He just got tired of dealing with people and having to take care of everything. So he sold the outfit, but he's still pretty basically running it because I was up there the other day. Stayed the night with him and talked to him about it. He said, well, the new guy doesn't know what he's doing, so I'm helping him out still, so I'm basically running it. He's still running the show even though he's not running the show. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's paid. He's paid for it, but he's still pretty much running everything. Fuck, that's crazy. So, what? As far as like the camp, was it like wall tents and shit like that, or is it a cabin? No, we we were wall tents, okay. but the uh, we had hardwood floors. They're already that was already set up over there. Gotcha. It was they're nice. Every single one of them was nice. How many were Our there? Cook tent was. I think there was five. So we had a guide tent. And then we had the cook. And then we had Austin, his wife. They had their own tent. And then two other hunter tents. And they were pretty nice. The cook tent was huge. I bet it was a 50-footer, 50, 50 every bit of it. Okay. But it was it was pretty So uh, did that, did you that ended early? What what do you mean it ended early? 
I, uh, one morning, like towards the last weekend of spring fair, I had skinned a bear the night before, whatever. On, and we had a skin board on the back of one of our four-wheelers that we brought him to camp. And, of course, this hunter wanted me to pack out a bear hole and bring it to camp. That way his son could get pictures with it whole and see it whole. So I get a, I got the, the awesome opportunity to pack a 300-pound bear on my Badlands pack up a, I don't know, probably three, 400 yards straight uphill. I said, all right, man, I mean, you're paying me to do this. So I'm like, I don't got any choice. But So we pack it out. I get it to camp, get the pictures taken care of. I scan it out, and it was late. And it was time for dinner. So I just left the carcass on the back of the floor. That next morning, right before I was going to bait, we had a spot where we dumped empty carcasses off the hillside. It was like a little cliff. Well, I went to push, flip, flip the bear off from one side of the floor and the board kind of fell down and I went to like run over and grab the board before it fell all the way down like 20 feet. And like my footing wasn't very great. And like the rocks had given out and I fell off the cliff like 20 feet and landed on my feet and it jarred my ankle, broke my ankle. I'm screaming and yelling because camp's only, I don't know, probably 300 yards away. I could hear the dogs barking. I could hear them having conversation, drinking coffee, having breakfast. And I'm yelling and bawling my eyes out because I was hurting. And, and and I had to climb climb back up this cliff on my hands and knees through the rocky shale. I'm right back on the floor where, and they're like, what's going on? What's going on? When I got back to camp and my ankle's swollen up and twisted, I said, well, I think I broke it. So I fell <laughs> off that cliff. The, the pack board's still down there at the bottom. I couldn't grab it, but I fell off that cliff and laid it on the, my feet like a cat. It didn't work out so well. So I had I had to drive all the way back with my foot on my mirror outside the window from Idaho to Hermiston. Holy fuck. Dude, that's a long, out that's of the a long ways. Yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> you probably damn near got frostbite on that damn thing. <laughs> it wasn't that cold. It was the middle of June. but Oh, yeah, it's spring it bear. Was, my, bad. my bad. It was miserable having been... Well, I had, if I would have had it down, the swelling would have just got worse and it was throbbing. It, it, that was miserable. And then stretched out in the mirror was still miserable. I mean, it was a lose-lose scenario. Yeah, no shit. I mean, do they have a hospital there in Orfino? Not where we were at. We were 72 miles away from civilization. Oh, shit. In the Frank Church. Damn. And, so speaking of the Frank Church, that's a... Me and my buddy Chad, we were talking about going into that thing. I'd be pack in there. I think it'd be pretty badass. Get a couple wolf tags and a, a spring bear tag and go in there. I would buy bear tags, and I mean, you're going to get one no matter what. But uh, I mean, I would damn sure bring everything you're going to need because it's one of them places where anything can happen. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and you better be you better be prepared for the worst. But I mean, it's a beautiful country. We were actually every little creek and stream around has twenty inch cutthroat every other cast, pretty much. Damn, it's 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 awesome. So, you, were you guys fishing on the off time where you're not baiting and cutting like during like the, that? during the day? If I would go down 
if we had off days where we didn't have hunters, I'd buy my um, Idaho fishing pass, whatever. They had like a three-day pass. That way, I, I didn't want to buy an Idaho fishing license for if I was only going to be there for a certain amount of days. So I'd buy it. I just had my boss go to town or whatever, and he'd take me in. We'd buy it right there. And I'd go down, and me and him would catch a mess of trout, come up, cook them up. Or if you they hunters would bring their kids, a few of them brought their kids and their family that way. And they would just hang out with uh, Ginger, which would choose our cook lady, my boss's wife. And they would hang out, chill. And then I would take the kids down and fish. This, I remember this one little boy. The creek wasn't four feet wide. And I go, all right, buddy. I said, you're going you're gonna to keep catching them one after another. He goes, where? I said, you're just going to dip your pole in right there, right there. He goes, there ain't no fish in here. He goes, I can see. I said, all right, well, dip your pole in the water then, bud. And I mean, one after another, he just raffled them out. He was so happy. I'm like, I told you, man. He goes, can we keep them all? I said, no, you get you keep five. But, yeah, it was awesome. The fish wherever and on the clear water, like it, the door shack runs right down through. I caught a kokanee. I remember one day. But Memorial Day weekend, I mean, that place loaded up. There was fish people, people. Actually, people. Oh, people. Everywhere. There's actually a guy died when I was up there. And my boss said every year somebody, there's a fatality during Memorial Day weekend. Because, I mean, it's steep roads. Everyone's drinking. It's a bad deal. And that's what happened. This guy, he, uh, there was three or four of them. And it's actually a really, really sad story because his it was, it was like the bachelor weekend or before his best and his best friend was in the rig with him and they he they ended up going into the river and he died and everyone else lived and it was like the best man of the wedding and they carried him down the aisle like his ashes down the aisle on Dude, that's his wedding day it was a sad deal yeah oh my god that's terrible. So my boss had to do it. He was not too happy about that. Fuck, that sucks, man. But yeah, that was. Guiding up there was some of the best memories I've ever made hunting. That's for damn sure. Some guys from Utah, oh, they actually, they own like an own safari in Africa, and that's all they do. That's crazy. Do yeah. You, so are you, do you think you'll try and guide anywhere up here at all? Or are you thinking about just hunting yourself from now on? I'm not sure. I mean, it just depends. I mean, I would, but I don't know. I'm damn sure going to just keep hunting for myself for now. But I, I mean, I like I like people. I'm a people person, and I like helping people out. I like just being a part of hunts. So, I mean, if the opportunity came up, yeah, I would. I probably would, but yeah. Came up. Did you did you draw any tags this year? You there? Yeah. Sorry, you were cutting out. Yeah, I drew. Uh, 
I drew a Columbia Basin buck tag. Same. And then I, <laughs> I drew a Mount Emily second season spike tag. And I got a, a rut muzzleloader whitetail buck tag. Oh, okay. But that one's an LLP tag or whatever. So that'll be out on the place that we hunt. Pilot Rock. That'll be nice. So are you actually, are you able to do both? Like have the Columbia Basin rifle tag and then the muzzleloader tag? Oh, yeah. Is it because you bought it? What do you mean bought or it? Or because you have, sorry, you have like the LOP tag? Yeah, it wouldn't matter if I had the LOP tag or not. If you draw it, you, you draw it. Okay. Because it's not, it's not like, uh, I don't know, because it's a different season, I guess. I'm pretty sure. That's how I thought it went, but I've got it. I've got them both before. I know that. Oh, okay. I didn't realize you could do. You can get multiple. Yeah, that one won't be bad. And then I'm trying to get a a bear with my bow right now. I've Well, man, we've been on for quite a while. I think we'll call her there and thank you again for coming on and we'll be talking to you soon.